0: I think uh, the the single greatest barrier to uh, to socialists having power is the atomization and alienation of working people. Um, and I think that means uh, that what we can and should and need to do must do is focus on building community in in ways that isn't just... I want to make a distinction between um, making really good friends with people who agree with you and think like you and building a community around that and 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 rather, what I mean to suggest in building community is we need to rebuild communal life with people who are in similar material positions to us, who don't necessarily have uh, the same ideology or the same way of thinking about the world or they don't ha- they have not already they don't already agree with us about everything it's uh so i'm talking about building community in the sense of your workplace building community in your uh neighborhood in your apartment building rebuilding institutions of collective life for working people is incredibly important i i think frankly the project of building a a socialist party or 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 any sort of aggregation of socialists uh, only has value insofar as it serves that project
1: so this conversation leads me to want to reframe the concepts being used a little bit i feel like when this was presented an hour ago about almost an hour ago now i was basically like there are reasons to hope there are reasons to despair what do we do with that right and then I, I i asked like what's the relationship between the two things so self-critique i think that was an overly static way of understanding the relationship between hope and despair if we want to be materialists. we should understand hope and despair as living just like communism as a living you know reality within capitalism right it's the mm-hmm. real movement of things it's the it's the actual abolition of the current order, similar to how we think of communism. In that sense, we need to think of hope and despair as living things, just like that. And this is why I think Adam's three blog posts are really useful. And I'm not going to try to recapitulate his argument, but um, just to offer some concepts from what he writes about. He he writes. So my question is going to be: How do people relate with hope and despair in their everyday life? Not just communists, but how do people interact with hope and despair every day one adam comrade adam from red library posits in his blog post that the dominant uh subjective attitude i suppose toward he didn't use these exact words like toward hope and despair but basically i think what he would posit is this uh, idea of uh, neurotic hedonism so what do we mean by neurotic hedonism neurotic hedonism is structured it's a it's a certain kind of subjectivity that we experience and it's structured around taking and this goes back to uh, at least one or two roundtables ago the idea of destroying the idea of bourgeois happiness so we can we can replace bourgeois happiness with neurotic hedonism Uh, neurotic hedonism is structured around taking happiness as one's highest ideals in a highly so our highest ideal is happiness, and we do this in a highly atomized and isolated pursuit of that happiness. But uh, the key part of it is that the structure is a happiness that we, can, we are able to extract from this structure is centered on our constant failure to obtain that very happiness. So that's what makes it neurotic. It's a neurotic hedonism because we are, we're stuck and constantly, and constantly failing to attain this individual happiness in an atomized way. How do hope, how does hope and despair interact with the neurotic hedonist on an everyday level, right? And I think there's a third concept that we need to inject into this relationship between hope and despair to understand how they interact, which is what we were talking about is the concept of mourning. I think we can't actually begin. Uh, I, I don't think the, the, the neurotic hedonist, well, this is a hypothesis. I don't think that the neurotic hedonist can begin to overcome neurotic hedonism until they uh, endure and are forced to reckon with some mourning. But what do people mourn? What are people mourning? Not just communists, you know, because people who are not communists are not mourning the loss of the Russian Revolution.